Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the UTC Real Estate Club podcast. This is episode four. Today we have the pleasure of speaking with John and Crystal Stewart, newlywed real estate investors here in Chattanooga. So thanks for coming, guys. Yeah, yeah thanks for having Thank us. Thank you guys so much for having us out. This yeah. is uh, super exciting. So we're going to go ahead and start talking. Um, the first thing usually we have our guests talk about is what you were doing maybe before college or in college that sort of led you to this path of real estate. If you guys could sure. start there. Um, well, so I'll back up even a little bit further. I always wanted, um, I was I was new inside of me that there was a way for normal people to get rich. I knew it. I just knew it from ever since I was a little kid. Um, and in college, they didn't really teach you that. They didn't teach you about becoming wealthy or like what the wealthy do that's different for everyone else um and so i i i had to look somewhere else for uh that education because that's not what most people learn um and I, <laughs> there i mean there's a reason that most people will bring up rich dad poor dad um, and i'm gonna do the same because that book actually did change my life i remember i was listening to it I was mowing lawns because uh, that was my job at the time, and it was it just changed my world. I mean, it changed everything that I knew and understand about money and life and what it actually what what the purpose of my life was going to be from that day forward. So, um, fast forward a little bit, uh, I met Crystal. And I was going to MTSU. I, I took a lot of time off of college. I didn't really start college till I was 25. Mm-hmm. Um, and I traveled. I, I traveled around the world a little bit. And I, I traveled around this country. And I uh, just figured stuff out about myself. And I went back to school with sort of a mission in mind of I'm going to get through this really quickly so that I can start making money um, as fast as possible. So uh, we collectively started a bunch, a, a number of little businesses here and there. Uh, I started selling on eBay back when that was a thing. Um, I, we sold on Amazon a little bit. I, I, I did some personal training. Um, there were, there were a number of little businesses that I started and didn't really make much money. Um, there, there was an app that I was developing as well. It was uh, for fitness, but really for advertising. Um, uh, but the truth is that I was doing all of it so that I could buy real estate. That was always my goal. I was always in the back of my head. I wanted to, ever since I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, I wanted to buy real estate and get wealthy with <laughs> yeah. with real estate uh, so that was sort of what uh, led up to that um, I graduated from MTSU and just uh, I did well I, I did an internship at a, a commercial multifamily brokerage mm-hmm. and I got to see uh, apartment buildings trade and commercial strip centers sell and I, I saw millions and millions and millions of dollars of transactions while I was there in four months and it was crazy and it blew my world open and I said this is what I'm doing this is it this is it this is what I'm going to do so I I left 
there and I graduated college and I said, I'm moving to Chattanooga to become a real estate investor. Um, and I was very broke for a very long time while I was trying to get into it. Um, and I started with wholesaling like a lot of people do, which is not a bad way to start. Uh, cause it really taught me a lot about the values and renovations and the markets and the neighborhoods. And I drove and I met people and I learned a lot and, uh, yeah, I, I hustled and, um, tried to get my very first wholesale deal under contract. Um, and was, I thought you were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that I didn't, was, uh, I didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. So one th- I wanted to go back. At what point, when you were doing all the entrepreneurial stuff, all the businesses, at what point did Rich Dad Poor Dad come in? Was that was that what sparked it, or sort of towards the end when you were shifting to real estate? Is that when it happened? It was it was in a transitional period in my life where I was I was about to move. I knew that I I was living in Birmingham and I was thinking I was going to move to Tennessee. Um, and it was, I was sort of, I I felt kind of lost, honestly. Uh, I had done businesses in the past. I I actually made a little bit of money in college, uh, selling on eBay and things like that. Um, so like the idea of owning a business and operating a business was not completely foreign to me, but um, rich dad, poor dad, I think just, it, it was the catalyst that changed my mindset forever from working for money to making money work for you. That was like the giant shift in my brain. Um, so it didn't, it didn't start it and it didn't end it, but it was, it was like r- right at the right time where I just, it, I guess it started the my new way of thinking about money, you know. Um, and how long was it until you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then finally oh, <laughs> jumped on? Oh, I haven't on. read Rich Dad, You haven't Poor read Dad. it yet? Mm-hmm. No, maybe, maybe you, you we, listened we listened to it in the to car. It in the car. Mm-hmm. Tells you how much I remember it. I think I listened to it when he was trying to get me into real estate. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get into liking real estate until about the time that you got the... 20 units under contract and was learning how to do the ARV and more hands-on stuff. And then I actually saw the the profit come out of it. Okay, maybe he's not crazy. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so when did you guys meet first? Was it at in, in Murfreesboro or was it in Chattanooga? At Murfreesboro. In Murfreesboro? Yeah. 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 We right. met five years ago. Yeah. In June. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so, what was the thought process? I'm going to move to Chattanooga. Like, why Chattanooga? Like, what, what were you feeling at the time? Like, what did you think? What did you think? Like, what was the situation like? So, are we uh, going to be real? Be real. <laughs> we, we can be real. Yeah. Uh, his mom got a job here. Okay. We, we were living with her. Mm. She got a job here. Mm. And it was, okay, are we going to move with his mom? Or are we going to stay in Nashville, find our own place, and try to do real estate here? Um, We were going to be spending more money Mm -hmm. and then end up buying property at a higher uh, value because Mm -hmm. it's Nashville. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we 
we decided Chattanooga is less expensive. We would have a free place to stay. Let's start our business there. It just makes sense. Yeah. And honestly, I liked the value of Chattanooga. Granted, I was still learning, but it just seemed like the right kind of place where back in the day you could buy, you know, a quadplex for $100,000. It seemed Mm -hmm. like just the right kind of place for me. So um, it's not like that necessarily anymore. But, uh, yeah, I I thought it was a very undervalued city with a lot of growth potential. Um, And it was a great place to start learning. Great place to start, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, the reason I ask is because I meet people all the time from, like, California, like, Nevada, like, out west that move here specifically to Chattanooga to invest. I didn't know if that was your situation or it sort of just all happened. You were were looking at Chattanooga, and then it all came together to move. That's right. It did just happen to fall into place. Um, Yeah, it became, um, well, this is what we're going to do. So now our next option is the fact that the person like where we are living will be no more come july so Mm. are we going to move with her and do what we want to do there or Mm. are we going to stay behind so it made it a easier decision if we were still living there because she didn't get a job here we probably would have continued to try to invest there i don't think we would have specifically moved just because of the market we would have still probably ended up investing here eventually. I, I, I was going to say, I, I think that I heard people talk about it the, in the Nashville meetups. I heard Chattanooga all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm certain that we would mm-hmm. have attempted to invest yeah. here anyway. <laughs> so, so um, you know, in, from Nashville going into Chattanooga, what? You said you started wholesaling when you came to Chattanooga. How was that process of just, you know, learning the ropes and then, you know, kind of, you know, flowing into what you guys are doing now? Well, so I, in, I, I got to, when I was, okay, when I was uh, looking for an internship before I went to Collier's, I was calling around all these like real estate places mm-hmm. trying to find someone. I connected with this guy who started a management company. It was just him working in it. It wasn't like yeah. a big company or anything like that. It was and one of those that you could franchise. Yeah, he was like yeah. own owner of a franchise. Uh, and I don't know, I just kind of got to know him a little bit. And I was gonna, I was going to uh, do my internship with him. It didn't work out, but we did end up sort of connecting. He taught me a lot, and I went around to some of his properties, and I did some work. You know, helped him out with some things, and in return. He paid for my spot in a wholesaling seminar, a three-day wholesaling seminar, mm-hmm. um, which was cool. Um, I, I can't knock it. It was I learned a lot, you know, a whole lot of information. Um, and I said, "All right, I can, I can do this. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna knock on some doors and call some folks and write some letters, mm-hmm. and we're gonna, we're gonna make it happen." And uh, mm-hmm. we, we started doing just that, and. Um, it's funny that the very first person here in Chattanooga actually um, went up to. I, I was I was honestly extremely uncomfortable approaching people and asking them to buy their house. But the first person I walked up to, I said, you know, "Hello, sir. Like, I, do you have a house you would like to sell to me? I would like to buy your house." <laughs> he didn't speak 
one word of English. And it was hilarious. <laughs> oh <laughs> she kind of like looked at me like, I don't really understand. It was, it I mean, was pretty funny. We drove yeah. around for hours. Yeah. Um, I, I put I put letters on mailboxes, mm-hmm. and we tried writing letters. I, I, I did all the things. I called mm-hmm. people. Um, the uh, the very first one I got under contract. I don't even know how she got my number or whatever, but um, it was this really terrible house out in the Birchwood, mm-hmm. um, and it was like a hole in the roof, and the floor had fallen down to the dirt. Um, and none of the doors worked and there was like this was a tear down house uh, out in Birchwood and she wanted $12,000 for it uh, so I said alright I can sell a $12,000 house that's fine And uh, so we would pack up and drive out there every weekend to show people the house and and if you don't know, Birchwood's like an hour yeah, outside like an hour. of Chattanooga. An hour out. uh. So this was like an hour drive there, an hour drive back. We did this like an hour out there at least. Yeah. But you had the Prius though at this time. No, no this was our. This was not a Prius. No, we this was before the Prius. So um, we had a kind of a gas guzzler at that yeah, point. A little bit. Um, Is this what you were doing full time? Do you have another job at the time, or you were I, just I all was, in? I was. I was. Yeah, I was yeah. all in. What I was also doing was... Uh, I was working for his mom as a personal assistant when we moved here. Yeah. So okay. um, I had a little bit of income coming in, so I was I still had a little bit of a job. But he he was all in. I was all in. I did... I also did um, make-ready service. Like, I would do, like, handyman work for people and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you don't know me, I'm not a handy guy. (laughs) Like, I'm really not. I'm not. I don't. I didn't grow up doing it, and I'm not good at it, and I don't like it. (laughs) But I was doing it just to kind of, like, learn. um, At least you weren't the one that shattered the window trying to close it. That's true. That's true. Is is that a story you want to tell? Sure. We. I mean, this house that he got hired to fix up, and I was in Mm -hmm. there helping paint. And I was like, why is this what, you know, you're supposed to, like, open the window to paint around the trim. And it wasn't opening, and I somehow, like, just pushed on the glass just a little bit, and it just broke. And I was like, oops. <laughs> and I didn't want to tell him, but he was he was like, well, I guess that's another thing we'll have to fix. <laughs> yeah, so, so I was, we were doing that. Yeah. We were fixing up these really terrible houses and yeah. apartments and stuff for, for people all over um while I was trying to wholesale um and it was pretty consuming didn't not super lucrative but uh it definitely taught me a lot um and that's kind of where the deals came from I mean it was um I got to learn the neighborhoods because I was out doing work for people in Mm -hmm. neighborhoods I never ever would have driven in otherwise um and uh, every time I would like go to or from a job, I would drop off like a bundle of letters on my way there and back, uh, like tape them to people's mailboxes and stuff, mm-hmm. and like write down addresses. Um, and uh, yeah, actually, one of the apartment buildings that I was doing work in um, is on the street the same street that we now own a property on because yeah. like I was like oh, I'm gonna send a letter to every every place on this street and I did and we ended up ended up 
that was one of the first ones we really got under contract. Uh, so that, that it, it did tie in. I hated doing it, but it, it ended up being um, ended up working out mm-hmm. uh, for us there. Um, yeah, and then our first whole the first wholesale deal that I did um, did not work out as smoothly as the seminar made it seem. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took many, many, many months and I had to get a survey and I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I closed it on February, you know, on Valentine's Day of 2019. Um, and uh, it was really nice walking out with a $3,000 check. Even though yeah. it took months, it still was really nice knowing yeah. that I did that. So, for reference on that, I mean, we moved here in July, and we were doing real estate from day one, basically, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. closed our first wholesale on Valentine's the next year. So, it, it took know, time. eight months. It did take time, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, and then that deal, all of the money and that deal that I made on that deal went towards earnest money on another deal that I had put under contract. In the meantime, um, it was 20 units, and that was the earnest deposit. Um, and that began a whole nother, a whole nother venture, basically, because I, I decided when I got the deal under contract, there's no way I could wholesale this thing. I had I had to take it down myself because it was it was way too good. Um, and I th- again, I thought he was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "There's no way we can take on 20 units. What are you doing?" Yeah, it turns out that to buy real estate, you need money. I mean, even if it's not your money, you still need money. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I figured that out pretty quick that you know three thousand dollars from a wholesale deal wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna cut it. So um, we went out and begged and pitched and sold and did everything we could to convince people we knew to lend us yeah. money for the deal. Because I, I mean, it was that good. I didn't. It didn't matter if it went yeah. good or bad. We were still going to make money. Yeah. Um, we we pitched to friends, family, coworkers, like yeah. friends of friends, and anybody we met, we talked to about what we were yeah. doing. Um, it, it was all just like word of mouth. You just gotta yeah. you gotta talk about it. Yeah, that was that was exactly what it was. We just yeah. were obsessively talking about it, probably irritating everyone we knew. <laughs> yeah, um, and they. We finally did get enough money for yeah. what we thought would be enough to yeah. close it with a loan. Um, turns out that the bank didn't like the fact that we didn't have our own money in the deal, uh, so we didn't. They weren't able to give us the loan, um, but we did end up buying, you know, some of them, uh, and uh, we bought five units. And honestly, yeah, the burr. I mean, uh, the we could talk all day about all the wonders of the Burr method, but I'm sure everyone already knows <laughs> about that uh, for the yeah. most part. Um, so yeah, we like we, we rehabbed the, them yeah, and we took the Burr strategy, rented and, them yeah. out more, and refinanced and pulled like twice as much money out as yeah. we bought them for, and uh, paid off our investors, and we just 
did it again and we um yeah that's sort of been our bread and butter yeah so far we can go back and talk about the burr strategy some people might not know what that yeah, is sure the, if you want to go into that i mean or, or I can talk about it. It's, yeah. it's where you buy, rehab, rent, refinance, and repeat. Yeah. So you're going to buy a house typically with cash. And like you said, it doesn't have to be your own cash. You're going to renovate it, make it a nice house, put a tenant in there so you're getting some monthly income. And then you just take it to the bank and say, hey, I have this house that's producing income. Will you give me a loan on it? And then typically the goal is to get a loan that's enough to get all your money invested out. Yep. and repeat that's exactly right yeah. so and hopefully uh, more and hopefully, hopefully more, more. Yeah. yeah so um even maybe even taking it one step further buying with cash is like great and all and like super it, that's great um and it's probably a lot easier especially when you're getting started and you don't fully have a grasp of the values and like all the things to watch out for um but you can do it with a loan too we're actually about to close some refinances right now where we got a loan to buy them and we've done work and raised the rents a little bit and we're going to get a second loan now six months later um Mm -hmm. and get all of our down payment back out of it so Um, that that is possible. I'm just I don't want to confuse anyone, but it, you know, either mm-hmm. way, that that's yeah, the basic ca- premise. Cash just, loan or hard money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you can do it with a hard money loan. You just as long as you can get the value up high enough to pull out what you put into it, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you basically own it free, free without any money. <laughs> yeah. So if you can kind of unpack that a little bit, I, I I lost you guys on that. So you pulled out a loan to buy properties that were refinanced I, I was i was confused about that so if you kind of unpack yeah, that and yeah. just kind of come back all right so i'll just start back where where we left off with our story that's okay. the best way for me to explain it i mm-hmm. think so we bought those five units mm-hmm. we rehabbed them it, it was a quad and a house yeah it was so a quad and a house yeah. so, and we, we rehabbed them got them fully occupied mm-hmm. um we got loans. We got because we bought, we bought them with cash on the front end. Mm-hmm. We got loans after six months on the new appraised values. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens when you get a loan on a property like that, a cash out? The bank writes you a check, and the check is not taxable because it's a loan. So you don't pay tax on your cash out, and uh, it is a check for you, and that's it. Um, so what we did with this check, these checks we got from the bank, is we, of course, we got the blessing of our the original investors, uh, and they said, yeah, that's fine, let's reinvest. So we took the proceeds from the refinance, and we had identified another little package of properties um, and I said, hey, Mr. Banker, I want to buy these. You just gave me a loan right here, uh, but I want to buy these properties over here. And they said, yeah, okay, that's fine. We'll take this money we just gave you, and we'll use it as the down payment for these these properties over here. So we took the cash out from our first deal, mm. leveraged it to buy three more properties, and now our we did we just did the same thing. That's all we did mm-hmm. is uh, 
we in- increase the value a little bit, increase the rents a little bit, and we're turning around and we're about to close a cash out refinance on the on the second three. package of property, the three second package of properties that we bought with a loan in the first place. I basically use the bank as a hard money lender. Yeah, that's awesome. So, which, thank you for unpacking that. Because yeah. <laughs> I kind of lost you on that, but now no, that, it totally flows. Absolutely, it makes it makes sense. I kind of, I mean, it's not you know, banks are not as nimble as hard money lenders, but they're a heck of a lot cheaper. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. So I guess kind of diving into what do you guys get into now with, um, um, I don't know, your vision that you see now and what you're actively doing right now, I guess your strategy that you guys kind of implementing in, in your business yeah. and what that looks like. Yeah, so since we um, bought those three, the second package, mm-hmm. we had bought two other properties after that. Um, and... So we haven't really bought anything since September of last Mm -hmm. year, September 2020. Um, And were those two properties, the Burr strategy as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, And actually, um, one of the houses, we're doing a Burr strategy, and we we haven't even touched the house. We haven't put anything into it. We haven't updated it or anything. Um, So you you can do the Burr strategy without updating if... You know, one less R. Yeah, <laughs> if the numbers are there, right? Yeah, especially um, in the market now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. you could just sit on it for a couple of months and Can't, get enough yeah. equity to refinance. Right, no, right. It's insane. Um, so we haven't bought anything since since September, um, and that was just because the market got really hot. So it started, you know, the numbers weren't making sense for what we like. You know, uh, we're not going to buy a bad deal. Um, and then, you know, the holidays came around, of course, and then we had a lot of personal stuff in the beginning of 2021, and we got married and had our honeymoon, so we really took a little hiatus, I guess you will, but um, it, it also gave us time to reflect on how much the market has changed in just, mm-hmm. like, six months, mm-hmm. um, and we are having a very hard time finding numbers that we like to play with. And it's been us sitting back going, okay, well, what else can we do? If this isn't working, well, where can we pivot to? Mm-hmm. Um, and John's been working on some developing ideas, um, but lumber is so expensive. Who knows if that's actually going to happen? But so then we are thinking um, creatively mm-hmm. there as well. What, what other materials can you use? So um, that's kind of what we've been working on and looking yeah, for bigger apartment there, deals. Yeah, so we started, we are, formed a partnership with a friend of ours, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to be going after large apartments and uh, mobile home parks and storage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the three asset classes we're going to dive into. Um, that that's definitely on the table this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. Crystal mentioned I've been working on uh, trying to build an apartment mm-hmm. for a, quite a while. It feels like um, maybe right now is the worst time to try and build. I don't know. 
Uh, we we we'll weren't see. planning on the you know pandemic crashing everything. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't. I don't want to pay eighty three dollars for a sheet of plywood. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's about doing things differently right now. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone is in real estate. It seems like, um, but I don't feel like everyone is. Uh, there, there's not there's not that many great deals so it's it's thinking creatively mm-hmm. to find them and make and make them I mean that's mm-hmm. that's uh, what our business is about today mm-hmm. it's, it's not because what we knew to do in nine months ago it does not work we haven't gotten a single phone call back from yeah. a letter um, I don't really typically get good response from cold calls much uh, so it's, it's finding I've gotten zero response from email marketing so it's it's about uh, doing things a little differently I'm going to try text message marketing really soon here because I heard that works well mm-hmm. but um, yeah it's, it's uh, scaling that's the name yeah. of the game so can you talk about maybe the the freedom that has come from getting to the point where you're at now because since September you said you haven't really been doing any deals and you took some time off you had your wedding you had your honeymoon and none of that would have been possible a couple years ago correct right yeah you know until you built this business to where it's at yeah so um we're gonna back up just a little bit because I did say that we didn't buy anything since September and I did forget to say that like since March um, we started head in and, you know, running at it like a, you know, trying to get anything that we can. And we've had so many deals that if, we, you know, you've seen on our Instagram, we'll post our end of the month. And, like, we've had, like, nine deals or nine leads that we've looked at. And we have one under contract. And mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many contracts we've had and they've... Mm-hmm fallen through we've had so mm. many like yes we'll sell your property and yeah. in discussion and we've sent Earnest over the lois and, and yeah. you know and then they just ghost you and mm. then it's like what what's happening or you know so it's not that we haven't like tried at all but I, since, I, since I have, about march we've uh, i made a four and a half million dollar offer on an apartment complex <laughs> did a custom contract with a lawyer that cost two grand and he has not signed it. So that's kind of what's been going on right now. Um, Yeah. So if you guys are feeling defeated, we are right there with you. We just weren't like, Oh, we're going to not worry about real estate right now. So, but to answer your question specifically, um, it, it absolutely none of it would have been possible. I mean, our wedding was paid for, uh, because of the work we put into this business and our honeymoon. Yeah, and we were able to go away for three weeks, (laughs) and we had made the connections here that we felt if anything goes wrong with our properties, we know we can call some people to just run over there and check on it. Um, And we could do our business from the road. Even on our honeymoon, we were still doing a little bit of work here and there, but... I mean, whenever you just need a laptop and some internet connection, you can do mo- almost anything. You put a couple uh, properties under contract while you're on our honeymoon. I was, so. I was, on, I was on a train, uh, and I 
signed the contract on a piece of property and got the earnest money deposited, which was yeah. kind of cool. You could do <laughs> yeah. that. But. And every time it would sneak into my head, like, why are you working on our honeymoon? And then I was like, huh? oh, wait, work is paying for this honeymoon. Yeah. But, yep, keep, keep working. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. You got it. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. Um, yeah, it, it is nice knowing there's a, there's a little bit of uh, stability, I guess, in our business at the moment. Uh, we're, we're, not, it, we're not where we want to be. But, no, uh, and we were extremely broke leading up, you know. We, <laughs> we could barely do, go out and do anything. Um, yeah. And it gave us the opportunity to also be mindful of expenses um, as That's well right. as um, okay, well, hey, this trip we really want to go on, but I think I'd rather go on this one and, you know, just kind of figuring out where is the money that's coming in each month. I mean, we didn't we didn't take a paycheck until probably a year and a half ago. Yeah. You know. That's 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 right. I did. And even even those paychecks were like what, so, just yeah. like what we needed to get by mm-hmm. for the month mm-hmm. and everything else just rolled back into the business. That is right. Yeah. So it's, it definitely wasn't like an ATM machine off the hop. You know, no. it, was, it was a lot of hustle and then a lot of struggle and then <laughs> a lot of putting gas on a credit card because I don't have anything in my checking account. And then uh, it just is now, just now, getting to the point where we're like, okay, like we're, we can we can breathe a little bit yeah. every month and focus more on uh, finding oh. another deal. Yeah. <laughs> and we're at, the, we're at the point where we feel comfortable enough with how much we bring in that we can finally get our own place. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's taken a while. Um, but we're so thankful for his mom also, who you can't pass up free rent. Yeah. And, right. you know, most families would be biting each other's heads off and... I couldn't expect anything better than mm-hmm. where we are right now, and it helped us helped us a lot. Very much so. Absolutely. Yeah. It seems like um, something you've been really doing is networking a lot, just yes. building partnerships and what you were talking about of buying bigger apartment complexes, storage facilities, yeah. um, and that comes all through networking. So that, yeah. that's super 100%. awesome. And it was really 100%. hard last year mm-hmm. trying to network with people mm-hmm. when the pandemic was happening. Mm-hmm. Like, how how do you do this? So, you know, it was really cool to revert to Zoom for some things. But, um, yeah, networking has helped us so much just this year in itself. Mm -hmm. There was, I don't know who said it, but um, I think about it all the time. Um, Someone famous somewhere once said that your net worth is your network or your network is your net worth. Um, and that's, I just, I just think that's so true. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. there's no way for any of us to know all, uh, know it all mm-hmm. or, you know, do it all or like have all the money or all the resources or all the connect, you know, nobody knows it mm-hmm. all. And so if, but if you know someone who knows how to do whatever you need, or, you know, someone that, yeah. Uh, can help you out with something, then chances are you'll have a, you'll have a better shot at getting it done. And uh, I mean, that's so huge is 
who you know yeah. when you're trying to do anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. also a saying that's, um, oh, I just had it on. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yes. Oh, if, if you are the smartest one in the room, you're in the wrong room. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yep. how are you going to continue learning and growing yourself if you constantly just teach people? Yeah. You have to go and learn yourself. Yeah. yeah. And th- these little quotes like this, I feel like people say them all the time. Yeah. And some people just sort of overlook it because they're said so much. But the reason people say these quotes all the time and so is because of how true. important they are. Yeah. So yeah. true. So and it's also true. so simple. Like, people mm-hmm. overcomplicate things. And it's just like, no, just... Take a look at who you hang out with and go make the change. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely, very and, much so. And um, I guess just giving some advice to our listeners and the UTC students of just getting out there and networking. Like, how would you recommend they go about that? You recommend them? I can let you elaborate on that before I kind of speak too many. Like, go to networking events or something like that. Just yeah. getting out and really networking with someone. Go out. Go do it. Go. Just get out. Like, I'm, so, I'm actually very introverted. And, like, most people don't know that about me because I have no problem, like, speaking. Well, I, I, it seems like I have no problem, like, speaking in front of people and, like, Mm -hmm. going and talking to people. Mm -hmm. And I I do. I I enjoy talking to people. But, like, the truth is I'm actually kind of introverted. Um, I think that's why we get along so well. And we end up going to these networking events together and we're both like off in the corner and we're like, wait, no, we can't do this. And we end up like pepping each other up to go and like, yeah. So whatever you need, that's right. Whatever you need to do, you just go do it. And you just tell yourself like, I just, just, I'm going to go socialize for 20 minutes or an hour or whatever. Just, you just make yourself get out and do it and it'll get better. It's a training thing. You'll get better at speaking and the talking more you to do people. it you'll get better um and the truth is that uh i mean the the a bed, the best place to start would be like a local meetup yeah I mean, so you guys do a, a meetup like utc real estate uh, club meetup yeah um so like getting out getting into one of those yeah. um, get get on facebook get on google type in real estate meetups chattanooga and just see what comes up i don't know if meetup is still a thing like it's an app. Oh, I think yeah. you're talking. Is it Eventbrite that you were talking about? No, it's Meet Up. Is Meet what up? it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I don't know if it's still a thing or not. Um, we know. used it a couple of years ago, and we were able to like go and attend different events put mm. on by people. You know, mm. um, like you can find hiking groups and stuff like that. Mm. But you go on there and look up real estate and see what people are putting on events. There's or like business or art yeah. or anything. I mean, or, it's, yeah. it's all about so, just networking with people. So you, you know, there, there's like luncheons and there's all these networking little events that you can go to, um, while you're out, you know, grocery shopping and you're talking to the clerk and you somehow bring up real estate, like you just get used to talking about it because, that's the only way you're going to find somebody who's interested in selling, mm-hmm. somebody who knows somebody who's selling, somebody who wants to partner or has a butt ton of cash that they need to invest. Like, you don't know that until you start talking. Mm-hmm. So just I mean, we're, talk we're, we're always, always, always looking for someone to work with mm-hmm. and grow with. And if there's a way to mutually benefit 
um, where everyone can grow. Um, I'm, we are always looking for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And networking doesn't have to just be in person either. There's so many Zoom meetings. You can find a real estate mastermind and become a part of that. And those usually take over like Zoom. On, and you can just find different ways that you can do stuff electronically as well. Absolutely. I think one of the coolest things that Tim was talking to me about the other day is um, he'll go in the comments. You got this from Brandon Turner from Bigger Pockets. Yeah. About going through the comments of real estate posts and liking and following those people. Yeah. And yeah. Once they follow you back, I'll just shoot him a DM like, yeah. hey, like, thanks for the follow. Tell me all about what you do in real estate and just start the conversations. Mm-hmm. Like, that's awesome. Like, that I, I had awesome. someone, he, he wanted to call me. Like, we hopped on the phone call and he had this uh, $12 million deal in Austin. He was, like, trying to see if we were a good fit to get in that. And he needed an answer in, like, three days. So it, it sort it. of fell apart. But, but like, just the opportunity that yeah. came yeah. Out, sure. of, out of just reaching out to someone on Instagram was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that happened with you on LinkedIn. Um, you know, exactly it was, like, happened. a connection of a connection that he made with somebody. And now we're investing with them. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, you know, that's exactly right. They, they signed for a multi-million dollar construction loan for me yeah. <laughs> without meeting me. So that was really yeah. cool. Um, yeah, no, I really, it, you're, I mean, you're exactly right. It's just mm. reaching out to people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not going to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> they might. Oh, but. <laughs> Chance, chances are slim. Chances but, are low. Yeah. Um, is, there, is there a thing that either you guys do on a daily basis to get like to get one percent better a day or or like do you do you write your affirmations write your goals or or is there sort of things you do like that to keep yourself on track and to get better and to grow he meditates once in a while i I do try to meditate Um, i'm not super consistent with it we've gotten really bad lately about doing our routine Mm -hmm. of you know I, i will say though that one thing that I do every day that does help me no matter what as I do take some time even if it's not like formal meditation mm-hmm. um, which is useful and I recommend to everyone you know <laughs> but uh, even if it's not like that I'll take some quiet time with my cup of coffee in the morning and I will plan out the the, the day or yeah. the, the week or and I'll look over my calendar and I will and we, make we sure kind of have behind. like a, a little business meeting and we do kind of like a go over yeah recap in, in the morning in the morning before we even get that's started that's right so I, mm-hmm. I, I think morning I think mornings whether you're a morning person or not I'm not a morning person but whether you are or not the mornings are your time to um, own your day so whatever however you start that I think is gonna dictate how yeah. you, your whole mm-hmm. day ends mm-hmm. up so. that's one thing I was just talking to Nick about is like I realized probably after 8 p.m. I do nothing productive the rest of the night and yeah. you know, some nights I'll go to bed at midnight or like one yeah. o'clock in the morning so I, I realized that and I like I shifted so I'm going to bed earlier and waking up in the morning and then forcing myself to like to I've been reading uh, the book uh, Vivid Vision, which is a really good book that yeah. you guys yeah. need to read. Yeah. Um, and like I'll do that, I'll work out, like take a shower, actually eat breakfast because I haven't been eating breakfast since like middle school. Oh wow! <laughs> so so I, I sort of shifted my day to be more productive That's in the morning. Great. 
because I realized I have these like four, five, six hours every day where I'm not doing anything. Yeah. And and like once I realized that, I was like, that's like over how many years? That's yeah. like how much yeah. of my life am I doing nothing? Yeah. And just just realizing that yeah. forced me to start waking up early in the morning. Like and this was like two, three weeks ago when I started yeah. doing that. that I think we kinda had yeah. a little bit of a similar um definitely you know, we, we realized yeah, you know, you can work until ten o'clock at night. Most definitely, you can mm-hmm. have a really late dinner, go to bed late, and whatever. But also, there's a certain time of day where other people stop working, mm-hmm. right? That's true. So, while you're trying to get work done, and yeah, you can do some work by yourself and get a lot done for what you need to get done. But if there's a deal that you're working on and you need help, or if there's a deal that you're working on and you need to talk to the lender. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to get to talk to them until the morning. It's unlikely. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Nobody's going to pick up their phone at 7, 8 o'clock at night. Um, unless they're in the same mindset as you are. No, mm-hmm. I, I will. But yeah. most people won't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but some, peop- some people will pick up the phone at 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mo- most won't. Yeah. Most won't, yeah. But it's just the opposite. Yeah. yeah. So whenever exactly we realize right. that, it was like, oh, we got to start getting up a yeah. little earlier. A little bit like, earlier. Stop trying nothing to work crazy. so late too. I don't. I don't know that I'll ever be one of those four AMers. Absolutely uh, not. But are yeah. you? No. Okay. No, no. <laughs> He's working there though. I'm, wor- I'm working towards it. it. Oh, That's gosh. the goal. All right. Gosh. Right on. Yeah. Well, don't call me a. Player. It's it's tough in college. <laughs> it, it's one of, one of my biggest struggles with college is the schedule that I don't get to make and the time commitments I have to make to classes and all this stuff or if I'm working throughout the day and then I have homework due at midnight so I'm up till at least midnight every night and like how am I going to wake up at four if I'm up till like midnight or one o'clock but um, now that school's out like I'm trying to you know take control of my day again that's awesome yeah right on and um, something really cool me and Tim were talking about actually before this was instead of setting goals, setting expectations. And if you want to kind of elaborate yeah, on that, yeah, I listen to a very cool point. A Bigger Pockets podcast. I think it's episode 433. Does that sound right? 423, I think it was. Something like that. It, he was saying, um, like, not just to set goals, but to set expectations for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, like, that, like, you're going to hit what you expect out of yourself more than what you want like a goal yeah a goal has direction and all that stuff but it's sort of what you want but what you expect out of yourself is sort of like non-negotiable you're like i'm gonna do this yes and, and that was just a cool like mindset shift of, yeah, of like how that. to you know how to get towards what you want that yeah, is that's really nice. awesome that's mm-hmm. nice we'll have to listen to that one yeah i think so yeah Maybe one day we'll be like, we'll put in the show notes below. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I guess, is there anything um, that you guys would uh, um, give advice for the listeners and the UTC students listening um, to this podcast today that you would like to? Yeah. um, Well, don't buy a bad deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that... I mean, you never should, but I think that's especially important now because there's, there's crazy stuff going on it's with so, the it's, real estate market. Yeah. And, and it's so easy to like go and buy the yeah, turnkey, cutesy little buy house. Into the, and buy into the high. It's easy to buy into the hype right mm-hmm. now, especially talk, if you talk to brokers and stuff like that. They say, oh, I mean, I've literally had someone, a mortgage broker, tell me that any house is a good investment right now because it'll appreciate 10% no matter what. 
And mm. when you start hearing stuff like that, that's you need to be really scared. It's a little scary. That's yeah. super scary. Yeah. So just yeah. um, I think it's important not to buy not to buy a bad deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, everything is figure outable. That's definitely true. Everything is figure outable. You, you said I earlier, love that word. Yeah, yeah. You said you said. Uh, <laughs> Everybody in the world is still trying to figure it out. Yeah, every yeah, it, that's so. Mm. Oh man, when that's I what when you I said earlier. Yeah, yeah, when I realized that everyone in the world is like a little bit there. There's some degree of uncertainty in every human being on this planet, and everyone is still trying to figure it out. It doesn't matter if they're, you know, the operator of a multinational REIT or a guy who's doing his first wholesale like we're all chugging along through life trying to figure this crap out so mm-hmm. it's all just just jump in and it's all figure outable <laughs> we'll get it we'll get it there so yeah. awesome so any last words uh, are there any ways people could learn more about you and yeah, um, follow us on Instagram. We are it's really trying to be active. Bo- yeah, Bougay Investments. Yeah, just Bougay Investments. Um, and reach out to us. Uh, I, we're always down to partner uh, or at least offer any anything we know, any any of the little bit of yeah. information we know. I'm more than willing to share. Yeah, so. we're, we're willing to meet for lunch or coffee or yeah. something and... Let, in, let anyone pick yeah. our brains. You know, four stuff. million people listen to this, right? That's, <laughs> That's exciting. No. Bring them on. Yeah. We, we expect to have four, four million people. Four million. Oh, yeah. That's that's, that's our expectation. Yeah. <laughs> we'll cover half the coffees. The rest are on you. Well, awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I think that just about wraps it up for today. I really appreciate it. Thank it's you guys yeah, for having you. us out. This yeah. is awesome. It's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right.